Hey everyone, I hope you're having the most beautiful day or an even more fabulous night. I just wanted to check in with you today and sort of introduce about what today's episode's about as well as what's up and coming in the future. So in today's episode, you'll hear a, quite a few different topics that are super relevant to everything that we sort of share on here. Um, I guess it's a little bit more focused on how important it is to take care of your health and look after your body because we never really know what's around the corner in regards to the possibilities of health conditions or illness. So you'll hear Karen's story who suffered from Stephen Johnson syndrome, um, which can have quite a devastating effect on the body. Um, Luckily enough, she was able to recover from it, but if she, one, wasn't diagnosed properly, or two, didn't have the immune system and good health that she had before getting it, things could have turned out very differently. So um, even just from an awareness front, I think this story is really good to listen to um, because you never know who might face these kinds of symptoms and no one knows what's going on Um, but also just how important it is to make sure that your body is functioning optimally so that if it is ever challenged with such kind of a medical condition that you're in the best possible position to fight back. You'll also hear about different diets and in particular how labeling them doesn't tend to help our mental state. If anything, it just creates restriction, it creates boundaries that we really don't need and how flexibility and just being kind to yourself um, and choosing the best things for you as an individual long-term workout to be better than anything. We also mentioned that, you know, health at every size. So rather than thinking that having the six pack means that your optimal health, it's got nothing to do with that. You know, looking at your health markers, um, are your bloods good? Are you menstruating? Are you in a good mood all the time? Do you have a healthy relationship with food? Do you feel energized every single day? They are the true markers of health. Um, We also touch base on the language around children and how it's becoming even more common that we've got young kids saying that they want to diet or they want to be skinny. And I guess there's two sides of this, which is do they know what they're saying and they're just sort of peacocking an older adult around them? Or are they that young and also sincerely thinking that they need to diet or be skinny? Um, You know, myself with the history that I've got with eating disorders and things like that, I'm I guess more conscious even now of the language that I use or even how I act around food, not because Kasima is particularly aware of what I'm doing right now, but at some point she will be. Now, I haven't had anything in regards to eating disorders for quite some time, but it is a bit of a default that I might critique my body still. Um, But I think that's a work in progress for all of us. Um, But yeah, just another conscious thing to be aware of potentially when you're around little ears as well. In the future, I do have some episodes coming up um, back on HA, so in particular managing the stress that can be associated with going all in to recover, um, as well as the obstacles you face in regards to the mental game of, you know, stress, not stress, I guess fixating on recovery or perhaps wanting to recover, but you still just can't let go of your current habits, whether it be with food restriction, over-exercise, Um, or just not knowing how to relax and be still and be present in yourself. I also will be chatting with a few beautiful women about their IVF journeys. So I'm very grateful for them to share that with us. So that's all coming up in the future. So please stay tuned for that. Um, In the meantime, I'm about to introduce you to Karen. I really hope you enjoy this episode and I hope you have a fantastic day. 
Hey everyone, welcome back to It's a Mind Game. Today I've got the pleasure of introducing Karen to you, who is a personal trainer and health coach. Um, she's a mother of two, and we actually met quite some time ago back during INBA bodybuilding competitions, I guess it would be, um, pretty close to eight years ago now. Um, but due to the beauty of social media, we've been able to keep in touch and sort of stay in tune with one another. And today we're here to talk about, I guess, Karen's health and fitness journey and sort of how she helps other people and some health challenges that she's faced previously. So without further ado, welcome. Hi, thank you. I can't believe it's been eight years. <laughs> when you said that, I was like, yeah, has it been that long? Yeah, as I was saying, I was trying to do the math because I'm pretty sure I was 20 and I'm 28 now. So, oh. yes. <laughs> That's holy moly. Crazy. I know. It flies. Hey, that would have meant what? my kids would have been about three, three years old when I competed. So, yeah, because I remember, I think it was your son ran up on stage when you were getting your trophy. Yeah, that's right. I'll never forget that moment. And that was so <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. Um, so yeah. good that they captured that moment um, in a photo because it's really cool. Yeah, so look, I guess that's a good entry. With the bodybuilding side of things, was that your entrance into the health and fitness industry or had you been doing health and fitness-related things prior? Um, I've sort of always been involved in health and fitness. So I started off with um, – well, I did business management in college and then from there I went on to work for event planning um, for sport and recreation um, events for for the community um, for local government and then once I had kids I studied personal training and um, I figured it would be a good career you know being a stay-at-home mum trying to get back into shape um, and something that was flexible that fit in with my kids and yeah it sort of just never looked back really and just grown from there. Yeah, fantastic. Now, I guess one of the things I admire about you is you are super active and like you said, you're a busy mum on the go who's managed to link in the personal training as well as your kids. Um, do you do personal training and group training or what do you sort of like to specialise in? Well, I did um, personal training and group training for a number of years um, but sort of gone more with the online presence over the last few years because uh, I, I find that it's easier to help people um, with their nutrition. Like I really want to focus on nutrition because I feel like that's where most people struggled. Um, you know, anybody can count reps in a gym and I just found that people really needed help with their nutrition um, because that's, you know, it goes hand in hand. So sort of went online um, with nutrition and fitness programs where I've got an app and I can um, reach more people that way. And there's all um, video tutorials of how to perform the exercises and things like that. So people can save a lot more money by, you know, investing in, in something that's going to help them with their nutrition and fitness as opposed to just, you know, counting someone's repetitions for them. Mind you, personal training is really good. Um, you know, it gives people that motivation um, to get to the gym and it gives them that push. You know, if they, if they don't have that motivation to push themselves in the gym, then I find that, you know, personal trainer is really beneficial in that way. Um, but, yeah, I find that most people get better results when they have some guidance with their nutrition as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of you can do – copious amounts of hours in the gym but unless you've got that uh, nutrition 
knowledge to back it up, you really won't get the results that you're after or feel that great for that matter. Yeah, that's right. Uh, with your clients, what do you think is the biggest hurdles or obstacles when it comes to their nutrition when they first start coming to you? Um, I think it's portion sizes. A lot of people don't realize how much they're actually eating in a day. Um, and then until, you know, they write it down on a piece of paper, they still probably don't realize how many calories they're actually consuming because really it, it just comes down to a calorie deficit um, for weight loss. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people overthink it. Um, so there's no, you know, real rocket science behind it, unless you're going into a competition or something like that. But even that, you know, more, more and more people are, making it fit into their macros as opposed to just eating the same rice and broccoli and protein source every day. Um, so it's the industry's changed a lot, but um, for, you know, just your basic um, individual, I think portion sizes is what most people sort of struggle with. And, and maybe, you know, even if they're, you know, going into a vegan or vegetarian lifestyle, a lot of people don't really know what to eat or how much to eat. Um, so that sort of seems to be, I guess, the trend with a lot of my clients are those um, sort of things. But, um, yeah, but once they start, you know, they it's a it's a real eye opener because they go, oh, well, you know, I'm, I can see now where I've gone wrong. You know, they sort of tend to to realize how much they've been sort of grazing on other foods or while they're cooking dinner for the family or their kids meals and things like that. It's more of a it's a habit. Mm. yeah yeah now you're known as the plant-based coach online um are you plant-based or you're vegan for your personal nutrition um i'm sort of both i don't like to put a label on it really because there's so many diets out there and i just you know i guess plant-based vegan um because i don't need any animal products um Mm -hmm. you know plant-based is consuming absolutely no oil um it's you know quite restrictive as well Um, no, I actually love that you said that and that you don't want to put a label on it because I think too often people want to categorize everything. Um, so sorry if I put you on the spot with that question, but I'm really glad to sort of where it's leading. And that is that it's okay to have a general structure of what you want your nutrition to look like, but it's okay if it deviates from time to time or, you know, from month to month. Nothing has to be set in stone that you must commit to a particular thing forever. Yeah, I think a lot of people try to put a label on something and if they don't comply with that 100%, then they feel like a failure. And Yeah, and I think that's a really unhealthy relationship um, to have with food, Um, especially, you know, being a mum and having kids. I don't want them to grow up with diet issues or food issues so you know try to choose my words carefully so that they don't um grow up you know wanting to diet as such you know just try to teach them to eat healthy and make better choices and and be intuitive you know how do you feel after you you've eaten something um and let them make their own choices but yeah you're totally right it's it's there's so many different diets and stuff out there that I think that's where a lot of the confusion comes from. Yeah, because it turns into what's the right one yeah. where I guess where what you said about the intuitive side of things is you could put 10 people on the exact same diet and every, or let's say nutrition plan, whatever you want to call it, um, and everyone's going to feel very differently on it. Um, and mm-hmm. if you're always trying to pick the perfect diet, that's where it can become impossible because potentially for you as an individual, it's a blend of a few different principles that makes you feel amazing. Um, and then that might change in a couple of years' time as well. Yeah, that's right. 
Hey guys, just chiming in quickly as we did face some audio issues, so you might hear a robot join in the conversation in the future. It is still clear enough to hear the conversation we are having, um, but yes, it's not perfect, unfortunately. I'm very sorry about that, but I do hope you are still enjoying everything this episode has to offer. Just where you mentioned that you're cautious about what you say um, with the kids around, and that's something I've taken extra notice since having Kasima. Um, not that she's actively paying attention to things at the moment, but I definitely don't want her growing up in a household where I'm either super critical of my appearance or I'm super critical of food or even growing up in a space where she's familiar with me, like weighing food or calorie counting or like creating all these categories. Yeah, um, the same with um, my kids because I've got a 10-year-old daughter and even, you know, she comes home um, talking about diets because that's the conversation that 10-year-old girls are having now in school. Um, you know, I don't know if they get it from, you know, they're at home um, from their family or if they pick it up from maybe an older sibling or whatnot, but um, mm. I just, you know, teach her to be fit, healthy and strong and that, you know, someone who's bigger may, may be really healthy, um, but someone who's skinny may not be so healthy. So it's about, you know, nourishing your body and, you know, going to do a workout to feel good. You know, it gives you those feel good endorphins and um, makes you feel fit, healthy and strong as opposed to trying to be, you know, a certain figure or a certain size. Um, we don't talk about size, you know, body sizes and things like that. We talk about, you know, what, how this food is nourishing us and self-love and, you know, how your body feels after consuming mm -hmm. certain foods because they still have some junk food, um, you know, chips or whatever. Like, um, so if they want something, you know, I say, yeah, go ahead and, and they might not feel so good after eating it. So, you know, it's about teaching them to make those choices and giving them the power um, to make those choices rather than me making those choices for them. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said earlier as well, health comes in all sizes. It's not a specific um, weight or a specific form. Yeah. Um, and that's often difficult for adults to understand and comprehend, let alone children. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And you see, like, there's so many people that still go to the gym and they want to get rid of their tummy or, you know, their flabby arms or they want smaller legs. And it's like, well, you know, but they still want to have a few drinks on the weekend or they want to have this or that and not really want to change their lifestyle. Um, so it's either, you know, accepting who we are and being happy with who we are. Um, or what you know, asking ourselves why we want to be a certain shape or size, you know, what's connected to that? Is it you know this you know watching commercials or magazines and social media and try comparing ourselves to others? Is it you know doing something to our brains and and programming us to want to be like someone else? Like with all these you know like there's I read something the other day. It was about you know how um, on social media we have all these all access to these different filters and now when girls look in the mirror they they feel um ugly or they don't feel good about themselves because they're comparing themselves to the filters on social media yeah and it's like what would i look like with this kind of skin or these fuller lips or yeah it's such a dangerous space yeah it's um, scary it's really scary 
Mm. And really hard to monitor too, especially when it comes to younger minds as well as, you know, adults as well. Yeah. Um, it just plays on a really huge vulnerability we've all got about the desire to, I guess at the end of the day it all comes you just want to fit in. Yeah. And sometimes we get confused into thinking that that means it's appearance-based. Yeah, that's right. And when, yeah, even if I'm on social media or whatnot, I'll, you know, if I see someone who looks beautiful, I'll be like, oh, wow, you know, I wouldn't mind looking like her because we're all human and we all want to look like absolutely. like someone else or whatever. That's just our nature. Um, but you know what? When I, if I go down to the beach here in Mooloolaba or wherever and I see a bigger girl and she's walking with confidence, I think that's really beautiful. You know, like confidence makes you look more beautiful I, I think than someone with bigger lips or Botox or bigger boobs and you know like it's all about self-confidence I couldn't agree with you more I think because through confidence it's so authentic and it reaches you on an emotional level yeah yeah um, and you really can sense it it's not just a visual thing yeah that's right and you know like we might not be supermodels or have that bodybuilding physique or you know, fitness model, physique, whatever we see that we'd like to have. Um, but it's just embracing our body and know that like we've got fat on our body to protect our organs and to protect us if we get if we get sick. Um, as I, I think I told you before, late last year, I ended up with a bacterial meningitis. And, you know, I had my luckily I had my health on my side um, for that, because if I didn't, then I might not be here today. Yeah, do you want to explain a little bit about what happened like last year with your health? Yeah, I um I ended up getting an ear infection and you know it was just um you know a basic ear infection but it felt like it progressed really quickly overnight and I went to the doctor the next morning and he and it was sort of in the bone behind my ear which I'd never had mm. before. Normally it was like just an inner ear infection but this one was like the bone behind my ear was sore and red hot inflamed and um, he sent me home with antibiotics and I laid on the couch for about four or five days taking the antibiotics didn't eat Um, my husband was away I had the kids couldn't bring them to school because I was that sick I had a temperature um, and nobody knew how sick I actually was because like I sort of just laid on the couch for the whole four or five days and couldn't move and luckily my husband had come home that um that Friday and took me to the back to the doctor and I was literally like holding my head on my shoulders because it was like so painful to walk like it was just throbbing and anyways went back to the doctor and he said no you need to go to go to emergency um right away and I went to emergency they admitted me and here at the Sunshine Coast University Hospital and I was transferred to the Royal Brisbane the next morning um, via ambulance, and it was turned out to be meningitis. Um, wow. So, yeah, it was quite scary. And it was, I was up there for weeks on end. They inserted a pick line in my bicep. It's normally how they treat cancer um, patients, so they can send them home and um, just, yeah, it's a 24-7 antibiotic. The nurse come out every day to change the antibiotic over, and it was just a slow drip um antibiotic you know way to take antibiotics um and over the weeks I sort of felt my mouth was burning like it was a really intense burning sensation in my mouth and I kept telling the nurse you know this is, this can't be right I feel like 
my mouth is really burning. And she sent me to the doctor. They did tests and it all came back okay. And as the weeks went on, um, I start, began to get a temperature and a rash appeared on my chest. So I went back to the emergency and they ran more tests, said I was okay, go home. If anything changes, come back. Um, and the next morning I woke up with a temperature of just above 40 and I couldn't get out of bed. And the rash was all over my body. Um, so I was back at the hospital and I was readmitted and they uh, found out that it was Stephen Johnson syndrome, SJS. And a lot of people don't know about Stephen Johnson syndrome, but it's a rare reaction to severe rare, rare reaction to antibiotics. And I had never had a reaction to anything before. Um, but it basically burns you from the inside out. So my skin was burnt. And a lot of people end up in ICU, intensive care units, because it's it's really deadly. Um, they took the pick line out, which was the um, where they had the antibiotic administered. And it turned out to be a, a reaction to that, to that drug. Um, so I was in hospital, I guess, for another couple of weeks through Christmas last year and New Year's. And yeah, it took a while to get my health back on track, you know, with, I'm still looking, you know, trying to heal my gut because I don't know what kind of damage it's done to my insides, but my skin has healed a hundred percent and I'm just really, really lucky to, yeah, to not have, you know, to still have my eyesight and my hearing and things like that. But I think, you know, a lot of that has contributed to how healthy I was previously um, because if I and the doctors even said, you know, if you didn't, if you weren't as healthy as you were, then the outcome could have been different. So I like to educate people on, you know, antibiotics and I guess symptoms as well. You know, like if you feel something is not right, just, you know, make sure that you put your foot down and sort of say, look, no, this is not right. <laughs> because, you know, I could have saved myself from being readmitted into hospital and, and spending that time away from my kids during Christmas. That's a year that I don't get back. So, yeah. yeah. It's a really tricky time with um, health concerns too, especially when they run tests and say everything's fine. Yeah. well, Because it was- especially when you're going to someone for help, it's like what are you supposed to do next if they're saying it's all okay? Yeah. And you know that it's not. Yeah. Um, I guess that's why and you know like my my blood pressure was low throughout the you know entire time and I had that pick line in and my mouth is burning my blood pressure was really low and I did have a slight temperature yet all my blood tests and stuff were coming back okay so um they should have looked at that and gone you know okay well there's obviously something not right um and look into it a bit further but yeah, I guess it's a guessing game for them too. Like they don't really know. But, you know, all the doctors and nurses were fabulous and I'm glad that they caught it in time because a lot of doctors don't, um, you know, really not educated on Stephen Johnson syndrome. So the doctor that I, the specialist that I had, he knew about it and I was just really lucky, really, really lucky. Yeah. And that's why I'm so grateful to have you on, especially today, to be sharing it because who knows your story could help somebody else who potentially gets unwell in the future or someone they care yeah, about. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, I mean, I never thought it would happen to me, um, but, yeah, it did. And it's really a big eye-opener because, yeah, with all this coronavirus stuff happening, it's scary with, the you know, the new vaccine that's coming out for the coronavirus. And I 
I hope that I'm exempt from it because I don't want to have something injected to me after that experience um, that hasn't been trialed and tested properly. Um, I don't want that injected into my body or my kids because, you know, if it happened to me, then there's a good chance genetically it might happen to them. Sure. I'm not for anything like that, but I'm pro-choice and I think that everybody should have have the choice to to have it. But I guess that's a whole other topic. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, you know, the way they're rushing the coronavirus vaccine, I mean, everyone's got their own opinion. That's 100% opinion. Yeah. Um, I have the same concerns in the fact that there will have been no long-term studies. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's concerning. Yeah. But um, that's a decision we'll all face in the future, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, you know, my mum lives in Canada. She'd like to come see her grandkids and she doesn't want the vaccine either, but, you know, she's willing to take it if, she, you know, she has to, to travel. Yeah. You know, it's it's being forced on people, which I think is pretty sad. They're saying that it's, it's, like, it's like a black male. But, you know, mm-hmm. no, no jab, no pay, no jab, no travel. No, you know, well, you're you are forcing it. <laughs> so yeah, that's- yeah. Um, especially for people that are generally more health conscious too, I guess that awareness is there. It's not seen as a quick fix. It's seen as more of a, you are putting something foreign into my body. Yeah. That's- um, what's it going to do? How's it going to do it? Yeah. And we're all so unique that what is that reaction going to be for millions of different people? Yeah, that's right. And I mean, like I said, I never had a reaction to anything before. And um, when I reacted to this antibiotic, while it saved my life, you know, it's a kind of a catch-22. It saved me, saved my life from meningitis, but at the same time, it nearly killed me as well because I had a, a really bad reaction mm-hmm. to it. And I guess, you know, a lot of the time you don't know what you're going to react to. Um, it was just the look of the draw, I guess. But, you know, that's why it pays to be as healthy as you can be because if you do experience anything like I have, you've got – your body is able to fight it a bit better. Well, I guess leading on from that, what – are your, I guess, top tips in order to stay healthy, maintain a good immune system? Um, what are the things you sort of live by, I guess? Uh, I think, well, diet really helps, um, you know, eating a, a, a wide variety of fruit and vegetables, um, a plant-based or vegan diet, vegetarian, just, you know, eat plants. If you do eat meat, then that's fine too. But, you know, a lot of people don't, don't consume enough um, vegetables. Um, so I think predominantly plant-based um exercise so get it move your body because that's what we're designed to do Uh, just like your car if you were to leave it sitting there it's just going to rust so you know we've got legs and arms they move let's get moving um get the body sweating you know uh, detoxifying when we sweat we detoxify so all those toxins are coming out of your out of your pores which is really good um stay hydrated or drinking lots of water. A lot of people don't drink enough water and they're walking around dehydrated. So I would say drink lots of water. There's so many tips. <laughs> I could go on. Yeah. But- Do you have sort of guidelines that you generally give clients in regards to how much water to drink? Um, I suggest three to four litres a day. Uh, but if you're not, you know, you're sort of new at drinking water and you're only drinking a glass here or there, maybe aim for a litre and then try to increase it, you know, um, each week, maybe add a quarter of a litre to that so that you increase your 
your water intake and and that's on top of herbal teas and you know if you're a coffee drinker or something like that then you want to consume um you know consume enough water because you're going to be dehydrated um but yeah just you know just, just keep the body hydrated um it'll help with cravings and cellulite and getting rid of toxins and you know all that kind of stuff as well so water is life really it's yeah, look, that's definitely one of my weaknesses that I'm consciously working on all the time is to make sure I drink enough water. And um, I've noticed it multiple times when I put a conscious effort in to consume, say, two, three, four litres a day, um, multiple days in a row, my thirst trigger or signal comes back in, whereas if I'm dehydrated, I don't get that thirsty yeah. feeling. Um, and I put it down to almost like my body surrendered to the fact that I'm going to get water, so it stops signaling yeah. it. Then all of a sudden I start drinking, and it's like, oh my goodness, I'm parched. Like, where is the water? I need it. That's okay. Yeah, mm. and it it also helps with bloating as well. You know, like a lot of people walk around bloated, um, and if they are following like you know a vegan diet and they're eating beans and stuff, beans can sometimes bloat you. But most of the time they're not drinking enough water. So, um, you know, just, yeah, up your water intake and be mindful of it. Sometimes it's good to set reminders on your phone, you know, have, like just drink, get up, drink a glass of water or whatever. It's, it's just it just helps you. It's a little reminder. Um, I set reminders on my phone all the time, you know, like for eating every two and a half hours or something. I'll set a timer so that I go, okay, it's time to eat now. I can have a little snack. Um, and then you're just more conscious of it. Absolutely, yeah. And when you keep those meals regular as well, I find it keeps your hunger signals more in tune. Um, so you know when you're satiated and when to you know you're finished versus you just overcompensating till you haven't yeah, eaten all day. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess going back to you, you've got some incredible healthy habits at the moment have you always led that really healthy lifestyle no, I haven't <laughs> um I guess as a teenager I um ate a lot of oh, I was a manager my first job was at McDonald's um and I started there while I was in high school it was my first job and I worked my way up to management where I was able to eat for free um so you can imagine even back then I didn't eat meat i just you know had big macs without the meat um but even still you know big mac without the meat and hot chips and things like that wasn't the healthiest um but yeah i was i guess i was kind of on the chubbier side back then um and eating i ate dairy back then as well so i yeah just wasn't really i guess in it for the health reasons but growing up on a small farm i just made the connection at a young age that I didn't want to eat animals and I was like it yeah. as a child and my mum used to put you know turkey on my plate at Christmas time and I'd get really mad because you know I was like I don't eat it you know she kept putting it on my plate um and I had no idea like what the word vegan was you know like my family doesn't eat vegan though my mum does kind of now like she's more vegetarian um but as I, I guess I got older, I you know, heard the term vegan. I was like, okay. So I just, yeah, it's like a label, you know, okay, I guess I'm vegan. <laughs> I don't eat animals. Um, 
Yeah, and forward. then it was it became more for health reasons once I started to realize and understand and edu- be, being educated on the benefits of being vegan um, or plant based, and and then it sort of just snowballed from there. I guess it's all a learning experience. Um, you know, as you get older and each year goes by, you sort of learn, you know, new things. Um, and the, plant, the term plant based has only been really out there the last couple of years. Prior to that, it was all about veganism, right? And now we're learning more about whole food plant-based. So, um, but yeah, I've kind of gone off track, haven't I? <laughs> no, no, that's perfect. That's really perfect. Um, I was just going to ask you, because I guess dairy is a bit of a controversial thing. Some people are very much for it. Some people are against it. Did you notice any substantial changes when you stopped consuming dairy, like your skin cleared up or you were less bloated, mood, gut health? Yeah, definitely. Um just yeah definitely bloating um I think yeah just just overall health really um I think the the most one the one that stands out the most is the bloating um I've I've got asthma I've had asthma for a number of years but I don't think it was it may have been caused by dairy but I've still got asthma I think it's more of a and I'm that's this is something dealing with at the moment is with um histamines or um low like a following a low chemical food diet which is um i guess like a lot of like oats and rice and just staying away from like the tomatoey type stuff and and spicy foods which is sorry baby just woke up (laughs) And with the nutrition changes that you made, so I guess because it was quite an aggressive change having McDonald's um, daily and then slowly transitioning to being plant-based, did you find that planning your meals and things like that helped you a whole lot or was it a very sort of gradual and steady transition? Yeah, no, it was definitely a gradual transition. I wasn't super strict. It was, you know, like we're only human. And I think as you, you know, as the more you practice something, then the better you get at it. Um, I wasn't super strict only when I was, you know, doing my comps, my competitions and stuff, I was super strict with those. Um, and I think that, you know, sort of taught me a lot of bit structure with food. So, and yeah, just studying plant-based nutrition. I learned a lot through that, um, and metabolic nutrition as well. Um, you just, yeah, I think the I, yeah, the more you learn, the better you get at it. Like you're able to implement it and trial and error, you know, like don't be super restrictive, relax. It's just, you know, it's not going to kill you if you do have something that, you know, you're not supposed to or you don't want or, yeah, it's just enjoy life. Don't take everything so seriously. Um, you know, a lot of people who, who say they're plant-based aren't actually plant-based because they still might go out and have um takeaways and it's vegan you know because it's been probably cooked in oil or whatever and that's not plant-based you know plant-based is whole foods um so you eat the olives instead of using the olive oil and things like that so putting strict strict thing restrict restrictions on things i don't think it's a really healthy thing to do um but yeah it's just all 
Well, I just encourages that whole food rule situation as well, which can be a bit intoxicating. Yeah, yeah. and, you know, when I have clients come to me and they want to lose weight, I ask them mm-hmm. what they eat and they'll say, oh, I want to be, I want to be plant-based. That's great. Like, I'm, I'm for that, but for them to want to say, you know, I want to go 100% and then a week, two weeks down the track, they, they're wanting something else that's, you know, probably easy. Then yeah, fine. But yeah, why put a label on something? Just food, you know. Let's just call it food, um, because yeah, I just I don't like that unhealthy relationship that we we get with certain diets and putting a label on it. And I've even thought about changing my you know my name, the plant based something else, because I don't really want to you know put a label on it. Because I, I do yeah. like to help everybody, you know, anybody. If someone eats meat, then that's okay, you know. If they want to eat, learn how to eat more vegetables in their meals or learn, you know, how to eat um, more of a uh, – more eat more plants or whatever it may be, um, then, you know, I'm all for it. Because every, everybody yeah. is different and it's not a one-size-fits-all. Some people might feel good eating meat and that's that's totally okay too. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I guess getting back to if you had everybody on the same diet and you did a study, I'm sure everyone would have such a different reaction to how they feel to both their mood or their gut health or, um, you know, how their body composition changes. It really does come down to what you said, which is just trial and error and I guess consciously learning about things that are good for your body, testing them out, how your body responds, and then just keep manipulating that until you get to the healthiest version of you. And it's all about a calorie deficit. You know, if people are wanting to lose weight, it's all about a calorie deficit and they want to, you know, build muscle or um, drop body fat. It's still, you know, well, if they're wanting to put on muscle, then obviously they need to eat a bit bit more. But... um, but yeah, for the you know basic person out there who wants to lose weight, it's just a calorie deficit. There's no science behind it. There's no magic potion or pill or shake. It's just calorie deficit. Move your body, and the results will come. Yeah, and if you're sort of changing from a high processed food intake just swapping into more nutrient dense foods makes such a world of difference as well and a lot of the time that deficit happens almost accidentally because they're still yeah, getting a right. huge volume yeah if not more um and it's like, oh, I'm so satisfied i'm so full and yet the weight's yeah, dropping off right, because um, so and then because you're just aiming for health and then all these That's other things right. are happening too yeah like the you know you take a banana it's it's only probably what 95 calories in a banana like you could eat a couple of those as opposed to going and having a handful of nuts, which could be two or 300 calories. Um, you know, it's just about volume yeah. and, um, you know, watching your fat intake, I guess, because there's more calories in fats than there is in carbohydrates and protein. So a lot of people, you know, probably snack on nuts, which are healthy, but they're um, also high in calories so you kind of want to aim for more fruits and vegetables stuff that's you know going to fill you up you can eat more of and they're lower in calories yeah and I think that example is a really good one in relation to calorie counting so I sort of walked away from calorie counting just because of my 
prior health concerns that I had and I got a bit obsessed with it. However, I do still think it's a really great learning tool because sometimes people don't understand that, say, having a handful or two handfuls of nuts is a lot more calorie-dense than the banana. But if you were to calorie count for a week, as a learning experience, it's actually a really good tool for people to recognise exactly what they're eating and what's involved nutrient-wise. Yeah, that's what I do in my meal plans. Um, So I do customised meal plans for people where I don't, include foods that they don't like um i only include foods that they do enjoy eating and i give them the breakdowns to how many calories and macro you know macronutrients are in each um food group so you know it'll, it'll all be listed there so it'll say you know 10 almonds or something and it'll say how many calories that is and how many how much protein fats and carbohydrates are in those 10 almonds um, and then they can look at, you know, they might have another snack on there as a banana, like a banana, and it'll tell them how many calories. And I get them to recognize, you know, look at it and see, you know, what exactly they're consuming because, like you say, it's it just it can add up very easily, even if you know it is healthy, but it's probably putting in a cal- calorie surplus or you're just maintaining your weight. And it's because um, it's it's so easy to like snack on more than, you know, a handful of almonds or nuts because they are so tasty um one of the weaknesses is like cashew yeah. butter or almond butter and you know a lot of people love peanut butter um but yeah that that's where those calories really add up yeah especially with the nut butters too because they are so delicious but they aren't quite dense and um it's not very often people would do the recommending serve of it um, it's more of a, you know, slab on a piece of bread oh, or a, and on a rice cake. Seriously. Peanut butter. Um, you know, if a tablespoon is like a flat level of, you know, peanut butter, but a lot of us will just, you know, do a, a, a yeah, yeah. And that's a show. That's a product. Yeah. 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 Um, now, if anyone wanted to reach out to you and get some advice or even find you on Instagram, where would be um, the best place so to I'm find on you? Facebook, social media as the the plant dash based coach. Um, so the, there's a dash or a hyphen between the plant based, um, and then on Instagram, I'm just at the plant based coach, all one word. Um, so they can check me out there. I don't have site um a lot of my stuff is just through social media and then I've got an app that I use for um, my clients with you know exercise programs and video tutorials and meal plans and stuff on there um which is is great because they can you take it anywhere anytime and it's sort of like you know always in their pocket easily accessible um but yeah Feel free to send me a DM if they have any questions. Um, but I think, yeah, I don't know if you've got any other questions for me. But No, I think that's all been fantastic. And I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on and sharing both your health journey and what happened a few months ago. And very happy to hear that you're on the men's. Um, and just for sharing some tips when it comes to maintaining that sort of healthy lifestyle. It was lifestyle. lovely to connect with you too. Great work you're doing. Thank you so much. It's um, it's nice to collaborate with everyone and sort of get yeah. that healthy balance pushed a little bit more. Keep you busy now too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She's standing at my feet mm-hmm. as we speak. 
Well, you have yourself a beautiful day okay, and we'll definitely thanks. keep in touch. Thanks so much for listening in on today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we loved recording it. Um, please share it with someone who you think might also like it and subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with further episodes. Thanks again for being here.